Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Bez here. This is Vin. This is CubeCast, episode four. So today, I wanted to talk a little bit about financial statements. Obviously, we can talk about this stuff for hours, but this is something a lot of people talk about when they talk about, I want to analyze the fundamentals of a company. They'll start quoting, you know, PE ratios, pegs, PS, cash flow, uh, free cash flow, all those sorts of things. I wanted to make sure everyone in our audience had the opportunity to at least at a high level understand what they mean and how they can translate that into educated decisions when they buy or sell a particular stock. Exactly, exactly. So just to kick it off, uh, the investment world right now is pretty much divided amongst two people. Right? You have fundamental investors and you have technical investors, or you should say really traders. Uh, the fundamental investors, they analyze company financial statements and, and ratios, really dive into the business itself and how it's performing, whereas... Uh, technical traders pretty much just study charts and uh, they're they're more focused on short-term movements. So today we're going to be spending more time on the, actually all the time, on the fundamental side of things. So with that, we're going to start, before we even can even talk about ratios, we're going to first talk about the statements themselves. So essentially you have three statements, okay? It's your balance sheet, it's your income statement, and it's your cash flows. Uh, so let's, I'm going to try and break this down because it's hard when you don't have a board in front of you yeah. or anything like that. You know, I don't want to make this too too confusing. So we're going to just break the ice on this one and, and then have more in-depth you know, podcasts uh, as, as the time comes. So pretty much your balance sheet is a snapshot of where your business is at at a certain uh, point in time. Uh, it, it, it goes over your assets, your liabilities, your stockholders' equity. Now, your assets uh, are pretty much cash, inventories, your receivables, Things of this nature, uh, you know, from anything from the building you own to the real estate you own, these kinds of things, things you own. Uh, your liabilities are obviously things you owe. This could be um, interest on debt, you know, just long-term debt itself, uh, current payables that need to be paid. If you bought something and you, you, need, to, you need to pay it eventually, that's a liability. Um, and then you have your stockholders' equity. Now, your stockholders' equity is what's left over after you deduct the liabilities from your assets. So essentially, it's you know what you learn in school is AL, A-L-E. Your assets equals your liabilities minus the stockholders' equity. So that's so, what it is. Yeah, AL, not like the beer? Not the beer. Okay, not the beer. Right. It's, a, it's a little less fun, <laughs> AL. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's why the whole class thought when they first thought oh, heard really? it, too. Yeah, yeah, it was like spring semester and... Everyone just like professor just had to stop for a minute and just like let everybody yeah, get that out. Get that out there. But I guess it's a good way of not forgetting. Um, so yeah, assets, liabilities, stockholders, equity. That is uh, the balance sheet uh, in summation. Then you move on to the income statement. This is like where things are pretty much going over how the business performed over a certain period of time. And remember, the balance sheet is where things are at a certain period in time at like a certain point. The income statement goes over how a certain period performed, whether it's a year or a quarter. So they're talking revenues, cost of goods sold, exactly. Like your that. gross margins are, are mm-hmm. seen here. Your selling, general and administrative costs. Your you know interest expenses, things of this nature. So, and a lot of this stuff sounds very boring, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's accounting. I mean, not knocking anyone who's in accounting, uh, but it's. Very tedious, but let's assign like physical things to this, yeah. right? So let, let's work through a, uh, let's say, for example, in, in, in a company's cash flow, 
Yeah, so yeah, let's move, yeah, let's move to yeah. cash flows. Yeah, that's that's perfect because I was about to get into it anyway. And uh, so basically, your cash flow statement is pretty much broken up into three areas. It's your operating cash flow, it's your investing cash flow, and it's your financing cash flow. Uh, so let's just start at the top. The operating cash flow is pretty much the cash flow of your day-to-day business. So you know your net receivables, and you add back your depreciation, amortization, uh, terms that. Are, can be very very confusing. So so day to day, if you're Netflix, yeah, that means your subscriber revenue. So what you collected over the course of that period of time, minus uh, your just day to day business costs. All right, that's your operating cash flow. Then when you look at your investing cash flow, this is a, a little different. So if like Netflix, your example, uh, let's say they're going to be spending a lot of money on content. Okay, that's going to be considered an investing expense, or maybe they just buy a studio to start doing their own originals. These are investments that they're making, and it would be deducted from the investing part of their cash flow statement. Or they launch a new product. Something um, like that. Anything that's associated with that. If it's not day-to-day and it's, it's still investing in the business side of things, it's going to go into your investing cash flow uh, portion of the cash flow statement as a whole. And then you have your financing cash flow. This is like if uh, Netflix were to buy back stock. Okay, it's, You're going to see the deduction in this area, or they have to pay... Uh, any kind of debt down in this that they've raised money, they have to pay off the debt. This pay is another thing. Bond, bonds outstanding. Dividends paid. This all goes under the financing yep. part of the cash flow. And then you take these three portions, you add them up, and the net difference is you're changing cash flow for that period in time. And then what you end with the cash flow in that state, in that part, goes pretty much to the top of the balance sheet. You see, all three of these are all intertwined. And uh, I don't want to get into it in this episode how intertwined they can be because then this episode. We'll be like an hour long. We're going to break up these episodes. So we'll do like, I don't know what we're going to call this episode yet, but we'll do like part one maybe. Yeah. And then like a part two follow up. And uh, this way we just really don't inundate our, our listeners. Yep. Yep. So now that we've dove a little deeper into a company's financial statements, it's important to know that all these ratios that we were talking about at the intro of this episode heavily tie back into the financial statement. So how about we take it from the top? Let's start looking at a price-to-sales ratio, or PS. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much as it's stated, it's it's like, uh, let's say a company does $1 million in sales for the year, right? Um, and they're trading at a $5 million valuation. Uh, simple math, you tell you it's five times your sales, okay? Yeah. And, and now I want to say a little something, though, about ratios. Completely relative, you can, not all ratios are the same, and they need to be compared to the growth of the company, to the industry the company resides in, yep. these kind of Absolutely. things. Because you'll notice like um, a, a pretty much an oil and gas company uh, might not be trading at the same valuation or the same uh, you know, ratio as a high-flying tech stock. Or like Netflix, right? Exactly. Netflix is if you want to stick with that, yeah, huge. exactly. It's um, PE ratios well into the hundreds and... Uh, you'll find companies that are much lower on that end, maybe in the teens, if not single digits. So, and and the other important thing is that each ratio tells a different story, but they don't necessarily come up with the entire picture. One hundred percent. So this is why we're giving you the background of uh, like what the company's balance sheet looks like and diving into the fundamentals because these ratios are essentially a general summary statistic 
looking at a particular segment, right? Yeah, yeah. And like you said, one ratio doesn't tell the whole story. It's just so important to, to use multiple ratios uh, you know, together in conjunction with one another to really come up with a, um, a better picture of how the company's performing. And each one is important, though. So, like, for instance, you start with, like, a current ratio, right? Simply current assets divided by current liabilities lets you know where the company's standing in the short term. You know, yep. can their assets cover their liabilities? You know, are they liquid? Um, so that's one thing. Then you have something that's even, it's even shorter term than that, which is your quick ratio, which is, like, you have your current assets minus um, your inventories. So pretty much you're just pretty much just nailing down your cash almost. Yeah. Um, and any other liquid securities that can be just like liquidated immediately divided by your current liabilities to even get a better idea of how um, liquid. When I say liquid, I mean how able a company is to pay off a, a debt or pay off something. Um, so a, you have a quick ratio and then you have a, a current ratio. Both of those are generally used to, to see if a company is willing uh, and able to pay off uh, short-term debts. Yeah, and you also have to keep in mind in the market or the environment that we're in, a lot of companies in a low interest rate environment aren't too quick to, like, that's not something we're concerned about right now, right? Yeah, no, um, it, yeah it depends. I would say, you see, now, Vin, way to go. You just opened up this whole other topic of, <laughs> <laughs> of pretty much like what happened during the last like several years of quantitative easing of with the bond buying back program. Not going to get into it. That's yeah. another episode. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna expend all of our all of our ideas and all of our lessons in just one episode. And just never launch another podcast after this. <laughs> Let's just have one twenty-four. You know hour we can't podcast. do that. Yeah, just a twenty. <laughs> We'll cover every single. Thing. <laughs> That's it. Episode <laughs> infinity, just like constant play. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, the companies take on a lot of debt, and but the thing is, I have to do more research into it. But they're not paying that off right now. They're paying a very low interest on it right now. But they still got the maturity that comes later on. We'll see exactly where that goes. Uh, we, I know when we write the cube letter, we do keep an eye on how companies are faring with that. So yeah, uh, but let's let's circle back real quick. These are two important ratios, the quick ratio and the current ratio. Short-term liquidity, make sure the company is not in any kind of solvency issues at this point in time. You do have long-term debt ratios to pretty much figure out the same thing and make sure everything is going well there. Now, looking back to it, this is why we call it, quote, fundamentals, um, is that a lot of people don't look at these things when the company is doing very well. Yeah. They yeah. look at it when things go south, like a GoPro or a Fitbit, right? And now they're just like, oh, shoot, they're not quite there in yeah. revenues, but now they have all this debt. But when they were doing really well, this debt was fine. No one really exactly, cares. Exactly, right? exactly. And you know, and adding to your point here, and I'm just going to stick with your company, Netflix, uh, many people will see a high-flying stock price and just assume that the fundamentals are right. Yeah. We can have a full-fledged debate on whether Netflix is fundamentally, you know, valued correctly. That's just it always be debated. Yeah. And you'll look at earnings per share. They just reported their their quarterly report of forty-two cents per share. Okay, that's great, profitable, right? Cash flow was negative five hundred million. Free cash flow was negative five hundred million for the quarter. That's saying something. But once again, it all depends. Dive into it. And that, that a lot of that cash flow when we when we looked into it like damn that's a big hit on cash flow yeah. look into it they're investing so much into themselves into the company into the future growth so then you're okay with it so then you kind of like okay I see where they're coming from then you look at cash as a whole and it's like, what percent of cash was that did they just take a chunk out of 
And these are the things you guys have to look into. And that's why these financial statements are just so important. Yes, they could be mundane. Yes, they could be like super boring and 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 uh, they have words in there that just don't really make any sense to the normal you know person. But we threw a lot of the garbage that you might think that's not important, even though to an extent they all are. Get to the nitty gritty, get to the important stuff. So that'll take us into like a price to cash flow, which is the same thing as a price to sales. You're just changing, you know, the denominator. The, that's all you're doing. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the price to earnings. But now you have to make sure what the price to earnings is a little bit different because your earnings is really an accounting method of how you get to your earnings. It's like your net income divided by the amount of shares outstanding. It is ignores earnings. a lot of things. It can ignore things. One off items can completely change the picture. So you have to add, you have to look into it. Another another thing you have to take into account is the growth. Uh, that's where the peg comes. That's in. That's where this this ratio, the PEG, the peg comes in. This is a price to earnings to growth. But I would also notify uh, and, and alarm you guys to look into how this metric is being calculated. True, because growth is not necessarily a large number, and as we've talked about before, growth can be a one year outlook. It can be a five year outlook, and you know, a company's not issuing their five-year outlook. They'll maybe put out a guidance for the next year. Exactly. Um, and then based off of that guidance, analysts will also come up with other numbers that they expect around that company's guidance number. And then different platforms that issue this PEG metric have different ways of calculating them. Exactly. Much like a dollar index, which is comprised like Wall Street Journals versus the Dixie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because you can look at Yahoo and you can look at Morningstar. One of them is calculating growth just for the next year, while Morningstar, for example, might be doing it for the next five years out. And then you open up this whole other can of worms. It's like, okay, what about um, how many analysts are covering the company? If it's just one analyst covering the company, this is just his one opinion. <laughs> I think this guy better know what the hell he's talking about because you're really putting a lot of uh, a lot of uh, responsibility in his hands. Unless it's Cube. Yeah, if it's Austin, take the word for it. Take the word yeah. for it. You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, that it's important. So and, and how you calculate the peg is pretty simple. You take the price to earnings and you divide it by that growth rate that's being used. So if Netflix is at trading at 200 times earnings and it's growing, for example, I'm not saying it is at 100 percent. It's trading at a two peg. Generally, if the peg is between one and two, the industry says fairly valued from a price to earnings to growth standpoint. Yeah. Under one, they say huge buy. Over two, a little expensive. Now, I don't think you could just make it so it, rigid yeah, like you this. You can't have a blanket statement like that. Just like we were talking about earlier, PEs vary from like industry to industry. Certain industries are growing faster than others. Others are more mature. So it really depends. And again, this comes back to looking at peers and competitors in the space. That'll give you relative value. Yeah. But at the same time, every company is different. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and, and you know, just analyzing companies too, it, it goes even further than just the numbers. You have to take a look at um, the management. You have to take a look at the industry, where things are heading. You know, you see when, when companies declare that they're going to be buying back a lot of stock, it's reducing the amount of shares outstanding, which means it's going to help give earnings per share a little bit of a fluff up. See, these are things that uh, you can easily miss, but they're just so crucial to pay attention to. You know? Yeah, it's such a complicated landscape, and there's so many different ways that people can hide numbers. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the balance statement is there, and what publicly traded companies do is at least known to the shareholders in terms of at least, let's say, the buybacks. Yeah. That 
there's there's nowhere for them to hide it. Right? Exactly. That's kind of so like the, the beauty of yeah, a publicly traded company. At the end of the day, it's there to it's read. It's there. Whether you want to go through a 100-page 10K or, you know, which is like their financial, st- you know, their actual <laughs> SEC filed financial statements is another thing. Oh, I love doing that. Oh, yeah. Casual Sunday night read. I right? print them out. <laughs> <laughs> Hang them up on the wall. Um, you know, it's just a lot of the stuff's too in, in fine print. And, you know, if you put the work in, though, and you really analyze the companies, you will set yourself up for better success. It's not guaranteeing returns, oh, but no. it is taking a lot of risk off the table. Many people that we know... Uh, they will just bypass all this because it just feels like such a nuisance. It's such a headache. It's so much work. And they'd rather just be like, you know what? Some guy told yeah. me it's a good company. I'm just going to go with it. And even even like uh, people who buy based off of price action, there's yeah. so much more to the picture. Right? Yeah. Someone just told me um, that buying a stock, by uh, averaging down is like giving your deadbeat brother-in-law money. You'll never see the return. You'll never That's get it back. That's so wrong. You and I have both made so much money doubling down. Exactly. We, we have. Averaging down. Sorry. Yeah. Doubling down, it, you could double down too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've done that once or twice. It's it's risky, but you know what? If if you really feel like you're, you know, you're, you're, you understand where the company's going, it, it's okay to do under certain circumstances, but you cannot say a blanket statement. In the world of finance as a whole, it's one of the... You cannot just, it's one of those places you just can't give a blanket statement no. like that. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, it, there's no leg to stand on when someone says something like that. So I would say um, to always look at the fundamentals uh, when it comes to if you're a fundamental investor. If you're just a day trader, love your technicals, love looking at your charts, your moving averages, no problem to each his own. Generally speaking, we here at Cube don't do that kind of thing. We look for long-term value. It's, it's, it's a part of the picture for sure. Yeah. You can see a lot of short-term movement. But if you're looking at like a two, three-year horizon. No, the things, charts yeah, aren't going to. Yeah, no, they're not going <laughs> to cut it. Uh, you know, that, it's, it's a funny thing. when Just because you see the stock falling, if no news or any fundamental anything has come out, why not buy more? I always wonder that. If it, Just because the stock's falling doesn't mean the sky is falling. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean it's the end of times. And and that price action happens for, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, sometimes a large fund or something like that will like liquidate their shares. Yep, right? yep. And then you have to ask why. Then it, makes, then it opens up another. See, it's all about opening more and more doors. <laughs> That's really all really investing it is. is. Going down a rabbit hole until you're comfortable with like, yeah, I'll buy or yeah, I'll sell. And then you have to wonder, right? Is, are you ever fully comfortable? <laughs> right? It's like, okay, I've done about a good three weeks of research. You're never going to take all the risk off the table. You're not. No way. Not, no way. No. no matter how much research you do, it will never be a guarantee. That's why I, That's why when we put out our edge reports now, it is simply to provide you guys with things that we like, that we've done a lot of research on, and we always, and that's why we put the Instagram post, compare it to other people's opinions. Yep. We put cube square uh, price target along on a, on a nice little line chart of where everyone else was. With big names. With big names. Big names. You know, from, from Barclays to Susquehanna to BTIG to you name it. And it was just to give you guys a comparison of where things are at. Read multiple, multiple research reports. You know, don't live and die by one company. Not everyone calls it. I'd go as far as to say rarely call it. You're absolutely right. And this ties into a lot about what we talked about in our investment guide. Yeah. Uh, about monitor and adjust accordingly and making sure you immerse yourself in the content. 
And kind of to recap, uh, it touches on a lot of the core principles that we've talked about across multiple episodes, which is uh, take into account everyone's opinion and just know that one metric doesn't tell the broader picture or tells you the whole story. Uh, We gave you a little bit of in-depth analysis in where to look, specifically in companies' financial statements as well as uh, what sort of ratios to look at and which ones tend to provide uh, insight into different metrics. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of CubeCast. We learned, we discussed, now it's your turn to invest. Take care, guys.